0: I know it's been said already, but it's, it's wonderful to gather with you guys this morning. You know, last night and this morning have been such a great encouragement just for me and my own soul, and just a reminder that the glory of Christ is something special to think about and dwell on often, and we want to continue to do that this morning through the preached word. And so if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to find your way to the book of Hebrews, book of Hebrews is where I'm going to start off today. Hebrews chapter 2, starting in verse 10, that's going to be on page 1002, if you're using one of those black pew Bibles around the room. Hebrews chapter 2, starting in verse 10, if you don't have a Bible, you can take one of those home with you. If you need a last minute gift for somebody, <laughs> feel free to take that with you as well. Now, as you're finding me right there, would you just please uh, pray with me one more time? As I pray for you, pray for me. Father, before we actually look at your word and contemplate the glory that is to come, uh, we know that we are in need of, of your spirit to illuminate and to allow just the truth of who you are to reach deep into our own hearts and souls and minds. That we know that apart from you... This gospel, this good news is a stumbling block. It's foolish. But with you, it's everything. It's the very light that has pierced the darkness of our own souls and allowed us to gather here this morning. And so, God, I pray for everybody in this room, from the young to the older, that you'd allow us to rightly see who you are and also to rightly rejoice in the glory that is to come. And it's in your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, that's right. All right, let me read Hebrews 2.10 for us. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Church, that is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God, indeed. Now, throughout this series that we've been walking through as a church, contemplating the glory of God found in Christ, right that glory, that majesty, that grandeur, the perfection of all who God is, we've seen that that can clearly and ultimately be seen in the person and work of Jesus. And we spent weeks taking a deep dive into, right, who is Jesus? How is he fully God and also fully man? His nature, right, his work as prophet, priest, and king in the last night. We considered the glory of God and the birth of Christ himself. But the text that we just read, the author of Hebrews points out that not only are we called to behold the glory of God as we've been contemplating But there's also this aspect that we are being brought to the glory of God. That he is bringing many sons to glory. And that through his suffering, this has been made possible. If you recall, one of the earliest prayers that we looked at from Jesus in John 17, verse 24, should be on the screen. We actually saw that Jesus prayed for this. When he said, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. But notice that when Jesus is saying and praying that we would see his glory, he says that we would be with him, that we would be where he is. So in a sense to truly and ultimately see the glory of God in Christ, we need to be with Jesus where he is. And that's our focus today. That there is still a glory of God that is still to come. A glory that we will ultimately be able to behold and see. A glory church that believers in Jesus, right? Right? Those of us who have trusted, placed our faith in his finished and perfect work, in his life, his death, and his resurrection, that those of us have trusted in him, there is a glory that is still to come. There is a glory that still awaits you, Christian. A glory that we should contemplate on this Christmas day. I pray that's all our hope, not in what this world has to offer. But what Christ has offered and continues to draw us closer to. Because we are one day closer to that reality church. We're one day closer than we were last night. And tomorrow will be one day closer if he does not return today. Because one day we will dwell where Jesus dwells. In First Timothy, Paul actually says that Christ in his resurrection was taken back up to Glory. Glory is often used as a synonym for heaven itself because it's the place where God's glory dwells. And so it's entirely appropriate when a believer dies, we would say they have been taken up to glory because in spirit they have. In spirit they have. In church, throughout the New Testament, the glory that is to come has been this constant encouragement for the weary Christian. It's a constant encouragement because God knows what life in a broken world is like. He knows that even on a Christmas day when there's so much celebration that will happen, so many smiles that we will see, there's also a lot of heartache, isn't there? Because he knows what the presence of sin is like. Even though Jesus never sinned, he knows what living in a broken world is like. He knows the consequences of it. And this Christmas day, church, I want to remind us that despite those true things, there's a greater reality that we can fix our eyes to. Because another coming of Christ is to be here, another advent. We long for. But not just the Advent that we are going to, by God's grace, do this time next year. But the Advent, the coming of Christ again. The last coming of Christ. The final coming of Christ. Where he will ultimately bring us to his glory. We will ultimately see him for who he is. And though we don't know when that day will come. And I know we really want to. Right? We really want to. But we don't know... We know that it will be glorious. Let me show you another passage from John 14 where Jesus is talking about this day with his disciples in John 14. And he's he's telling them that he has to leave, he has to go, that in his resurrection and ascension, he's going to go back to his throne, but it's good news. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And then in Romans chapter 9, excuse me, Paul kind of picks up on this theme and he says this starting in verse 22 What if God, desiring to show his wrath, And to make known his power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Paul there talks about two realities, two realities, church. One is that there's a reality that there's a great consequence for those who die outside of Christ. That there is judgment and destruction, that there is something prepared for them. But in Jesus, there's something greater prepared, and it's glory itself. Glory itself. But let's not move too fast to that glory part without considering the weight of that first one. The weight of the first one. It's why we must continue to tell people about sin. Right, we must continue to tell people that our sin, our rebellion, is not just a mistake. It's not just us happening to choose to live life that's in a way that's right in our own eyes, but disregards how God has created us to live. There's dire consequences. In fact, Paul and another Uh, One of his letters in Romans, he talks about this reality in Romans 3.23 when he says, For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. You see, church, sin, it's not a mistake. It's rebellion against the holy and mighty glorious God. And it keeps us from ever being able to know him truly and be able to behold his glory in full that our sin has caused us then. If that's true and all have sinned, our sin has caused us then to not be able to reach that glory. Not be able to reach him. But let's go back to Hebrews. This is where there's great encouragement, right? There's great good news for us. For it is by Jesus and in Jesus many sons will be brought to glory. You see how it's not saying hope you make it. Hope you figure it out. But rather, than Jesus came, he was coming on a rescue mission to take those sinners like you and I and say, trust me, believe in me, and I'm taking you to my glory. You see, this Christmas day, all our hope is in Christ and not in what we do. All our hope is in him, church. It also means that if that's true, we can have great comfort in this life. Right? We can give it all that we got because this is not the end. Right? This is not all there is. Though there will be trials, right? there will be suffering, there will be hardship, those things will be great. Those things are promised in the Bible. Jesus is coming for you, Christian. Those things do not have the last word. And this Christmas Day, we should remember that. Let me show you another passage from 1 Peter 5, verses 10 through 11, where Peter encourages the Christians and says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do you see it, church? Do you see the glory that is still to come? Out of all the things we've been looking at over this last several weeks, all the ways we've been trying to, to glory in Christ, there's still much to come. There's still much that we are longing to see and behold and glory in. That there is an eternal glory that is still to come in the second advent. The second coming, when Jesus returns. And by the way, when Jesus returns again, he's not coming as a lowly baby this time. He's coming as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he's bringing all of heaven with him. That's really good news. Where he will restore all that belongs to him. All that belongs to him, including our very own bodies. That's why Paul says when when Christ comes and we are We are raised bodily in glory. I think that deserves an amen. (laughs) And through his perfect judgment, he will remove all sin. He will remove everything that keeps us from seeing the glory of himself. He will remove everything that tends to obscure our ability to see the glory of God. He will remove all sin. But he will also remove everyone who has rejected the glory of God too. That's why we can't play games with this. But Christian, because of Jesus, the many sons that are being brought to glory includes you. So read yourself into Hebrews 2. Read yourself as, I am one of those sons that is being brought to glory. I am one of those that are in Christ. Christ. And scripture tells us on that day there's going to be a beautiful reality. 1 John 3.2 says this. What we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. So church, even though we can see and behold the glory of Christ now, there's still a lens in some ways that we're not able to see it in full To see it because there's still our own sin that keeps us from ultimately seeing the glory of God. But our text says when when Jesus returns, all of that will be removed and we will see him as he is. That's going to be a great day, church. We will see him perfectly, utter perfection. And we will be with him just as he had promised in John 17. We will be with him and we will be able to see his glory. A glory that will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Because the book of Revelation tells us it's a glory that announces that death will be no more. No more mourning. No more crying. No more pain. No more cancer. right? No more prison. No more funerals. The former things will have passed away. When the glory of God is here. And real we'll last text show you this. Revelation twenty-one twenty-three. When that day comes, church, the day that we long for, it says the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it flight, and its lamp is the Lamb. So where is the glory of God, church? It's in the perfect Lamb. It's in Jesus Christ, whom we will get to behold as he is, in full radiance and perfection, and we will be with him for all of eternity. What a day that will be. So church, the glory of Christ is our greatest hope now. But it's also our eternal dwelling place in which we long for that to come. But until then, we'll just keep looking and beholding Christ now and seeing all of his glory as we await for that glory that is to come. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll respond. Well, Father, as we end our time in your word this morning, we're thankful that we have another moment like this. Another moment, just, and I know it's, we have a lot going on today, Lord, and you know all the things that our minds are are racing on, maybe thinking about what comes next. But God, help us just in the few moments that we have left as a church this morning, just to to dwell deeply in thinking about the glory that is to come. The one that we long for, and as John ended the Bible in praying, Lord Jesus, come quickly, we ask the same. We want to behold all of your glory But until that day comes, Lord, help us trust you. Help us continue just to follow you wherever you go. And remember that you make good on all of your promises because you cannot lie. And to that end, our our trust is anchored. So it's in your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, well, what we want to do is a couple of different ways we want to respond this Christmas Day. Is One is we want to sing one more song together. And then I'm going to have Justin come up here, and he's going to lead us in a time of communion or the Lord's Supper. And then I'll come back up after that. But let's go ahead and, and sing together one more time. Uh, before we sing-